0: This is an Irish independent podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry Folks. It's a whole food group, but there's so many opinions and information out there about dairy. It can be really hard to navigate and to know what's what. It's one that can also have many myths associated with it. So, this week on Real Health, we're going to have a look at dairy the good, the bad, and the plain not true. I'm joined by registered dietitian Sarah Kyo to chat all things dairy, and I'm really, really excited. Sarah, welcome back. Thank you. You're in our proper studio this time. You're in our makeshift studio the last time. How's life? Good, good, good busy. keep going, yeah,
0: yeah, been away already, so now I'm into holidaying at home now for the next few weeks anyway. Holidaying at
1: home is good. Mm. This all came about, I've listened, to, there was an episode, a podcast episode I listened to last week, that t- titled The Dairy Episode, mm-hmm. and then that combined with me going to the supermarket and watching people uh, put loads and loads of almond milk into their uh, trolley, and I was like, right, we have to do an episode on this and find out more about it. Let's pull it right back to basics. What is dairy? Let's start there. So
0: as a food group, when we talk about dairy, what we are talking about is milk, cheese and yogurt. Now, if we talk about it from maybe a farming point of view, dairy would also include butter and cream, but we don't put them in in the sort of health section. Um, And traditionally it would have included eggs. Lots of people would still talk about eggs as dairy. So I do get lots of people saying to me, oh, are eggs not a good source of calcium because they're dairy? So they've a little bit, but not really, no. So really when we talk about dairy from, as I said, nutrition or food group point of view it's milk, cheese and
1: yoghurt that we're talking about. Okay. And it is important to state I've worked with the National Dairy Council in the past. You have done some work with them I have with done them some work well. in the past too. So They have yeah. no influence on this podcast. We are not paid by them for this <laughs> podcast. We just happen to work with them in the past. Uh, but we have our own opinions outside of the work that we do with them on dairy. And we're going to chat about that today. Um, okay. So uh, there's loads of myths and misconceptions around yeah. dairy, whether it's good, bad or indifferent. What are the common ones that you see?
0: Well, there's there's loads. I mean, the big one I hear an awful lot is people saying humans can't digest it. And so humans can. Where people get a little bit of confusion about that is the sugar in milk, which is called lactose. And it's a naturally occurring sugar. It's not one of those sugars we talk about having to limit or avoid, because it's not added. But lactose in milk, um, most Europeans can digest lactose in milk. So about 90% of Europeans can digest lactose. But that means 10% of Europeans are lactose intolerant. However, when we get outside of Europe, that tends to get higher. We tend to see more people lactose intolerant. So say North Europeans would have the best tolerance for lactose. So we will have maybe 90% of us will tolerate lactose. By the time you get to Spain, 65% of people tolerate lactose. You'll have maybe 35% lactose intolerant. Other countries that can flip entirely. So 90% might be lactose intolerant and 10%. And is there a reason
1: It's genetic really so uh,
0: a lot of countries would consume dairy but Europe is really more milk focused which has the highest amount of lactose so there's actually genetic changes in most Europeans that actually allow them to digest lactose as, as adults we can all digest it as children so that same genetic change which is Five or 6,000 years old I think but don't quote me on that Um, around for a long time anyway and we do see it Um, so in other countries where they do consume dairy but there's high rates of lactose intolerant they tend to ferment it and the fermentation like yogurt, cheese reduces the lactose so someone who's lactose intolerant milk is a disaster but most of them can tolerate a little bit of yogurt and cheese is generally fine
1: okay Weight gain and dairy.
0: Oh, that's, you know, I was having a great conversation with someone earlier and they were saying yes, because, you know, in the 90s, if you wanted to lose weight, you had to cut out protein and dairy and everyone had to eat carbohydrate and uh, vegetables. So we were just joking about those things, as I was saying, because that holds true for a lot of people, this idea that dairy makes you put on weight. So we actually know from studies that people who consume milk and yogurt in particular tend not to have any, or cheese as well, any particular issues around weight. Butter and cream, not because they themselves are doing anything, they're just very high in calories because they're they're huge amounts of fat. And particularly if you like them and you put a lot of them on, they're going to add calories. But always with weight, weight is such a complex issue. It's total calories and then you're looking at all the other things with it. So if you're having like a bit of butter within what you're doing in the day, it's not going to put on any more weight than anything else that you're there's eating. No
1: com- and I don't work for any- anything to do with butter, but there's no, <laughs> no comparison between butter, as in like really good Irish butter. I know, I know. And like the spreads, they're just... Or- yeah, no.
0: Unfortunately, from a health point of view, the spreads are better. Um, okay. Yeah, we do. We do see less heart disease, unfortunately, okay. with it, because the problem with the butter and the cream, apart from tasting lovely, and I went mad last year and made my own butter one day. Oh, my um, gosh. You really want it. It's actually easier than you think. Um, but the flavour is amazing. Anyway, aside, <laughs> um, I had a load of leftover cream. But anyway, but yeah, with the butter, unfortunately, the butter and the cream have the saturated fat, mm-hmm. which does raise cholesterol um, in most people. So we do, particularly from a sort of cholesterol, heart disease point of view, we want that down. Whereas the spreads, if they're kind of olive oil-based spread. Um, sunflower oil and things like that and people get nervous about trans fats but they're pretty much gone out of those you know so they're fine you know but yeah nothing beats actual
1: nice tasty butter okay so if you're switching from a butter to a spread that's the reason you would switch it's the cholesterol if you have high cholesterol you would switch over and go to kind of an olive oil based one one of
0: those yeah kind of those kind of olive oil sunflower oil based kind of spreads with it but even with those we don't want a huge amount of them still keeping the amount
1: small Moderation. Mm. Very, as ever. It mm, comes it back to time and time doesn't again. It? <laughs> uh, Skin
0: and dairy. So, the big myth that I see with teenagers is I'm now getting spots. It must be the dairy. Mm-hmm. And it pops up. And I actually see it on Instagram a good bit. People say, no, oh, cut out the dairy. So, unfortunately, there were two studies in the States years ago that's now, and I say this, suggested a possible tiny link between dairy and acne. But at the same time, no, nothing concrete, no mechanism for it. We don't see it. And, you know, I see obviously loads of teenagers who. Or take a dairy and don't get it. Now when I was doing my own clinics, I would have seen loads of um, teenagers coming out and say they came in themselves, their mother usually dragged them, um, God love them to go in and see the dietitian about their skin. And what was just quite funny is I'd spend 10 minutes talking about a good skincare routine because the vast majority of the kids that I would have seen the teenagers just didn't know how to actually clean their skin properly mm-hmm. or to use the right products. So I had a good chat with a couple of skincare people, and I said, "Look, if they just walk in my door and they' were like, this, this and this." I was like, Grant. Um, certainly you can look at diet, but I've never had to take anyone off dairy to sort out skin for them so good skin care is 90% of it people it is 90% um and then you would look at kind of getting a lot of moisture into the skin. Because if you get acne, what's happening is you're producing your oil, the natural oil. But for a lot of people who get really bad spots, their oil is quite waxy instead of runny. So it blocks the pores. So if you can drink a lot more water, it thins it down a bit. And you've got to really clean that off properly with good products. So that really makes a big difference. You have a great way of making things
1: very simple. <laughs> waxy <laughs> and oily. I love it. Good. Uh, nutritional value then of dairy. What has it got and what hasn't it got? So, well, nothing is going to have everything, yeah. which is, is a pity. But the big.
0: I suppose the big focus and everybody knows is calcium with dairy and we need a lot of calcium it's the mineral we need the most of and you know I'll talk about eight to nine hundred milligrams of calcium a day which might sound like a lot but in, in nutrition terms when you're talking like 0.1 micrograms of some other it's a lot and we need a lot of it and you know the big question I get from people all the time is can you get calcium without dairy and yeah you absolutely can I hand on heart I've never met anyone who achieved it um, and it's just although we it's myths to do with what other foods have calcium. So the big thing in the dairy is the calcium. Something like a calcium fortified soy milk, you know, if people are, you know, allergic to dairy, don't want to take it for whatever reason. um, You've got to be careful though with the calcium fortified plant-based milks. They do need to have calcium added. We've got to shake them really well, otherwise the calcium sits on the the cardboard down the bottom. So give them a good shake. Um, the big myth I see is around getting calcium from green vegetables. Loads of people talk to me about this one. So I really need to put this one to bed. Yes, there's calcium in green veg. It is incredibly difficult to eat the amounts you'd need. I'd have to eat 25 servings of broccoli a day. You would have to eat and I am not joking 120 bags of spinach a day. And the <laughs> problem there is not just the amount of calcium in spinach but it, spinach is full of oxalate which mm-hmm. reduces calcium absorption. So I definitely, I've had people say to me well I put three leaves of spinach in my sandwich I'm covered. Or a lovely lady and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this at a talk recently she said to me, well, I was told if I ate seven almonds a day, it would cover my calcium. And there's actually a reasonable amount of calcium in almonds. But you are talking about, I think it's about 200 almonds a day. Seven almonds not going to do it. And mm-hmm. she was shocked because she thought genuinely, because where do we get our nutrition information from any random person? Of we course. pass In the street. Yeah. So the other thing that dairy has, which is really quite important, is iodine. Um, so in Ireland a lot of countries you're supposed to get iodine from the soil comes up through the plants and into the animals Ireland we don't have a massive amount of iodine in the soil so dairy is the big place where most of us almost all of us get our iodine and it is actually what we call a nutrient of concern at the moment because in Ireland we just about hit the level of iodine that we need which is about 150 micrograms a day and that's fine for most of us but when someone becomes pregnant they now need 200 micrograms a day which means a lot of people are 50 micrograms short but recent research and I know Safe Food looked at this where people swap on to the plant-based milks or other things the, the iodine just vanishes completely okay. it's really dropping down so it's needed for a brain development during pregnancy we also need iodine for a healthy thyroid and so it's important to get it
1: through fish?
0: So we will if we don't the other place to get is white fish oh, yeah. so for once oily fish isn't your brilliant place to go for iodine you will also get it in seaweed but it's not recommended to eat a huge amount of seaweed especially early in pregnancy it's actually not a good thing to do at all so if you're someone who's early pregnancy and you're not taking dairy uh, ring up the hospital and ask to see the dietitian just to see around Now, a lot of pregnancy supplements will have iodine in them these days. So you might be getting it there. Um, But they're the places. So the thing is, though, lots of people don't eat fish. You know, only about 15% of people in Ireland regularly eat. Is it Um, that low? It's very low and it drops. You know, we see more actually age up to one year. And then after about the age of one year, it just falls off a cliff. Um, So we're not great fish eaters. um, And everybody's eating salmon. There's a bit of iodine in it, but white fish for your iodine. Um, So again, you can get it. But I find lots of people who give up dairy have no idea that they need to find iodine. Okay. And then know. dairy is also a source of protein. So we talk about protein foods, usually the meat, fish, beans, you know, mm-hmm. nuts, those kind of foods, but your dairy contributes a good chunk of your protein as well. So when people say cut out dairy, for example, that tends to take a dive. Now, if they go to soy milk, soy will have almost the same protein, but rice or oat milk is very low. So that's why we wouldn't really recommend them for children. Rice milk is definitely unsuitable for children. Um, arsenic levels. Um, okay. no, we're not. it's not huge but we don't recommend it but it's just to watch that particularly I don't know if you saw that there was guidelines issued for the over 65s there about two weeks ago and they've recommended now rather than the usual three a day for dairy for adults they're pushing to three or four a day okay. for the over 65s yeah. mostly for protein as well as the
1: calcium and the fortified milks, if you're sticking with dairy, we'll yeah. talk about the nut milk milks in a sec, but are they better than the standard, you know, you've milk, then you've got they're fortified a, milk. They're, they're a lot more option. expensive for people.
0: They can do. I mean, what where they're useful, if you look at some of the fortified milks, especially the ones with the added calcium, so where an adult would need maybe three glasses of mm-hmm. ordinary milk a day to hit their calcium targets, you only need two glasses of the fortified. Oh, yeah, so okay. if you're not actually good on getting the dairy in, but you're trying to really look after bone health and things like that, that's a great option for it. They do often have vitamin D, um, so, they can be handy. Like, we all need to be taking vitamin yep. D and look at the lovely summer weather we're getting. So, it's <laughs> like, let's just stop thinking about the sun for vitamin D and just take the supplement.
1: Okay. Now, milk alternatives then. So, the plant based milk. Hmm. Again, I, I love watching people when, when I do the food shop. I'm fascinated by them. And you just see more and more people going. And there's now, there where there might have been an, one almond milk on the shelf, there's now, there's probably 10 different oats, mm, there's, versions. Oat, there's yep. rice, there's yep. almond, there's different versions of almond. Yep. Chat me through the the best alternatives then. if you're not so going to have dairy. If you're not going to take dairy, or
0: if you're dairy allergic, because that's yeah. you know it was a game changer as a dietitian when mm-hmm. you know we would our dairy allergic kids who'd nothing and suddenly they had soy milk to put on their cornflakes and it, you know it was great. Um, so soy is probably the best one because it's higher in protein. Um, but really across the board, what you're looking at is make sure they're fortified because lots of people think that because it's milk that it has all the nutrition of dairy and most of the time it doesn't. Now, in fairness the companies who are producing them, they are adding more and more things to it. So a lot of them are adding the iodine, a lot of them are adding the vitamin B12, which is also really yeah. important. They're adding the calcium. So, you know, check your labels if you're going to use them. Soya has more protein, so that's going to be a better option compared to things like your oat milk and your rice milk um, from just a nutrition point of view. Better for
1: adults, not so much for children.
0: Not so much for children. Um, you know, for adults, really the soy is good. For kids, the soy is good. But when we look at... You know, even when you're getting all of that nutrition you know a couple of studies there would look at children with say milk allergies and they're looking at the ones who are on say soy milk for example there was one study and they were looking comparing to the ones who were on dairy um, and the soy milk kids were about two inches shorter with lower bone density even though they were kind of matched up in terms of calcium so we know that from bone point of view dairy is particularly good um, over other things I mean there's, there's ways and ways around it and obviously people with milk allergies cope um, but I kind of go I suppose for me I hate to see people skipping dairy for no reason or just because it's the latest trend. And it is very trendy. It's very trendy, you know. Um, I mean, these products always having alternatives for people are brilliant. And certainly lots of people want to have a fully plant-based diet, and that's fine. Um, People are allergic to dairy, and that's fine too. But the idea of you just needing to go along to do it, there's no health reason to do it. People, as you said, you were talking about myths with dairy. We talk about not being able to digest it. The other one, that it's full of hormones. And certainly in the production of dairy, in certain countries in the world, they can put hormones into the cattle to produce more milk and so on it's illegal to do it in Europe we're not allowed to do it in Europe so we don't have those hormones in the dairy and that's why you don't see American milk and meat for sale in Europe because you're not actually allowed to bring it in because of the hormones Um, we also don't have the antibiotics that blanket antibiotic idea not allowed in Europe either so a lot of people don't know about the food legislation so sometimes people might be getting information about foods from say American websites but it doesn't necessarily translate across because food rules are different between countries as well Um, so I think a lot of people have ideas about milk that are not accurate. I mean, the other big one I see is the idea that it causes cancer. Whereas when we have loads of studies showing that not only does dairy not cause cancer, it actually reduces your risk of colon cancer in particular, that people who drink milk and eat yogurt get less colon cancer than people who avoid it. Um, and there's no studies that are showing increases in cancer with it. Um, there's one looking at high levels of calcium and prostate cancer, but it's not directly linked to dairy. And it's one of those, do we see a link? Do we not see a link? Okay. Is it there? Is it not? It would nowhere be the point where you're just saying to anybody or to guys to say, don't drink milk. Um, but the levels are enormous. Like you're looking at maybe 4,000 milligrams of calcium a day, which is, you know, five litres of milk. Wow, well, okay. Know. Yeah. So it's one of those things, it's it's the one that you might see, but in terms of breast cancer, there's no link with dairy and breast cancer and that's one I hear all the time, but can I just say that there is, none of the studies are showing links with that. Um, if you're interested in dairy and cancer, the EPIC study, the European Prospective Investigation into Cancer is definitely worth having a look at.
1: And chat to me about uh, the growing trend around organic local milk, yeah. I've a neighbor who's just started he's just about to launch his new business which is this big trailer thing that's going to go around Cork. Yep. And you get you buy the bottle and you go to the trailer thing and you, fill you it up. basically fill, fill it up, it up right? every time you go. Yeah. Uh are are, are they any healthier than the main than the mainstream? Not that we've streams? ever seen, no, and that okay. goes
0: across the board for whether it's organic fruit or. I'm going to get shot by anybody's <laughs> organic. You're um, saying it, not mine. I am saying not it, me, but we don't we don't see there's no higher levels okay. of vitamins and things like that with it. So it's definitely a personal choice. Local is great if you can get it because we're looking at transport. And yep. you know when people are talking about you know food miles and things like that, I was at a very interesting conference recently, and they were saying, well, actually, some of the biggest food miles is the drive to the supermarket. You know, so what are we driving around to get our food um, with it? So yes, anything local. Okay, so buy, buy local, but from, from a can, health perspective,
1: the organic—it's
0: not something I would never buy any organic stuff. Um, not, not that I wouldn't buy it, I just, yeah, I just wouldn't think of doing it as such. Slimline milk versus full fat? Here's a fun one. So your yeah. slimline milk has more calcium than your full fat. Go on. Oh, yeah. Everyone thinks it's the other way around. So if really? you were going to do it, the slimline has the most, low fat has the second, and then full fat has the least. However, the differences are so tiny, it doesn't okay. actually matter. Oh, okay. um, so don't worry, because lots of people think, oh, well, I need to look after my calcium. I better go on back on the full fat. And like, uh, no.
1: And it is it is the fat content, in, is, is it worth reducing to the low fat or the slimline? It,
0: it depends, because, you know, when we talk about full fat milk we're talking about milk that's about three and a half percent fat which is not high so your low fat um, depending on the brand anything from one gram per hundred grams to maybe 1.8 grams per hundred grams um, your slim milk's pretty much no fat in it at all so it's very watery by comparison yeah if you like it some people love it I have a friend who adores it but um so what you're actually? Why? when would you use low fat? So mm-hmm. if you do have high cholesterol, because we'll talk about dairy and yep. cholesterol. So if you do have high cholesterol, we would recommend a low fat milk, um, low fat yogurt, not necessarily skim, not necessarily 0% fat. So just to bring it down, because whether we like it or not, saturated fat, and I wish it didn't, but it does put up cholesterol, mm-hmm. not in everybody, but most people. Um, so the big thing we would say, if you're drinking a good bit of milk, to go onto the low fat. Now, if you're someone who puts three drops of milk in your tea, it honestly doesn't matter. <laughs> Drink whatever milk you like, it's not going to make a difference. But you know, if you're someone, my husband drinks a lot of milk, so definitely onto low fat for that. But I think a lot of confusion about dairy when it comes to cholesterol and so with cholesterol saturated fat is what you're watching here and it's in the butter and the cream so milk and yogurt really don't put up cholesterol I would say just nudge onto the low fat if you have high cholesterol yeah. cheese is kind of a funny one because cheese is high in saturated fat mm-hmm. but study after study after study shows that cheese does not cause heart disease wow. and the reason for that seems to be the calcium in it is quite protective so if someone does have high cholesterol cheese is the last thing I ever look at I'd be looking Do at you the biscuits and the cakes in today and I they're know gonna, they're going to go home
1: to the dinner <laughs> yeah. table I heard well, I, can I just say here, don't go out and eat five pounds of cheese and think nothing is going to
0: happen, right? But it's that thing of so many other things to look at. You're looking at, you know, your your biscuits and your sweets and your yes. cakes and you're yeah. looking at your fat on your meat and all those nice mm-hmm. things and your patty and your salami and your sausages and all of those. And I always say take those out or reduce them. Obviously, don't take them out altogether, but reduce them. Don't touch the cheese because from a calcium point of view, protein point of view, it's such an important food okay. that, I, you know, something's that nutritious.
1: Leave it alone. Is there a difference between the harder cheese and the softer cheese? Yeah,
0: so the general rule for cheese is the harder the cheese, the higher the calcium. Yes. So your cheddar cheese will have about double the calcium of soft mm-hmm. cheese. However, the serving that we talk about, when we talk about three servings of dairy a day for adults and five for teenagers, it's about the size of your two thumbs. And I don't okay. know anyone who eats that small an amount of cheese no. when they eat cheese. So whether you're eating cottage cheese or cheddar cheese, you're generally covered.
1: Okay. And on the servings thing, so mm. chat me through some other examples of. So you're saying three so, for adults, five for teenagers. Yeah. Throw a, a batch of examples out. So,
0: children, you're looking at about three servings up to about the age of nine. And nine is where girls start to take their big jump in height nine, 10, 11. So, we want them having loads of calcium in there. The boys can start there too. Um, so, what is coming into teenagers? You know, when you see them and they're nearly like, one of my kids comes down, I think he's about an inch taller every morning. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> well, I think I have to admit he's taller than me at this stage. Um, but just that huge growth and you just see them going up so you've got if you can imagine sounds a bit nearly taking a slice out of them across the way the amount of bone and calcium that's gone into each bit of growth with that so they really need to be packing in the protein they need to be packing in the the dairy so we know that their calcium demands just go up so from about 9 or 10 to about 18 they need to be 5 a day with the dairy um, to do that so one is a glass of milk so
1: if you okay, drink so that's a glass of milk, that's and it's a normal kind of... Normal, just 200-odd mils.
0: But if you put milk over your breakfast cereal, that's another Absolutely, one. Yeah. If, you know, and if they're a little bit older and they're having a coffee, a latte, your cappuccino, that's got a load of milk in it as well. So they're brilliant. Um, yogurt then. So what we call it a pot. You know, the standard pot of yogurt, about mm-hmm. 120 grams. And honest to God, please don't worry about the bit of sugar in yogurt. My heart breaks when I see parents going, well, I've taken the kids off the yogurt because of the sugar. And the child is standing there eating a chocolate digestive. And you're just like... <laughs> You know, 37% of children in Ireland do not hit calcium targets. Please, yeah. please give them the yogurt. Like, if you're worried about sugar in yogurts, if you steer clear of the caramel toffee, crisp crunch, chocolate sauce yogurt with the sprinkles on top, you will be grand. Yeah, you know? there's loads
1: of really good Irish brands out there's there. There's loads yeah, of really good,
0: fabulous. I mean, nobody yeah. does dairy like Ireland yeah. and, you know, it is gorgeous. So, you know, the yogurts are out there, you know, fruit yogurt is fine we don't like the worst fruit yogurt has about one teaspoon of added sugar and you're allowed the strictest guidelines in the world let you have seven teaspoons a day so mm-hmm. let them have the yogurt because their calcium their iodine their B12 their protein it's just a gorgeous package of nutrition for them
1: we could chat food all day long we always Absolutely. see you come in <laughs> like this is too short uh, but it's great to have you in because you're just full of content if people want to follow you on Instagram I know you do a lot of work there remind yeah me. so
0: at Sarah Kio RD on Instagram so yeah and anything about nutrition there
1: amazing it's been great to catch up and thank you for all the you. advice much appreciated folks that is it for another episode of real health with me carl henry we really hope you enjoyed today's show if you did don't forget to rate and review as ever we're available on email realhealth at independent.ie or at carl henry pt on instagram you can catch up there as well we'll see you next week for more real health so a full.